This podcast is for general interest only. The information presented is general in nature and may not suit your particular circumstance. On this episode of About Success 123, I thought we'd talk to someone who has actually found success. I mean, we've been talking to people about you know, how we can sort of go down the path of doing certain things and hopefully somewhere down that path we will find some success. But this person has actually found success and it'd be great to find out about their journey and discover how it all happened. So about 10 years ago, Michelle Worthington, who's a young mum, started writing children's books as a bit of a side hustle. She now is an award-winning international selling children's book author with 20 titles. What an achievement that is. This is quite an incredible story. So let's find out how Michelle has done it and see what we can learn from it. So welcome to About Success 123, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you're a successful author. Why did you originally start writing children's books? I mean, it's a pretty competitive field, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I didn't really know that, to tell you the truth. When I first started, I was inspired to start writing stories when my oldest boy now was born. And basically, I really wanted to write the type of stories that I fell in love with when I was his age. So the Wombat Stews, the Possum Magics, like all of those books that really fired up my imagination and I couldn't find them at the bookstore and I'd always loved writing. Mm -hmm. So I basically reignited that hobby that I had as a child and the stories that I was telling him, I started writing down. But the publishing part of it was something that I really wasn't prepared for. I was just thinking it was a simple matter of sending it off to a publisher and all of a sudden I'd have book launches and book tours and international fame and fortune, but it didn't turn out like that at all. No, it's always a bit harder than people think. (laughs) Yeah. As I said in the intro, you've had 20 children's books published. You sell them all over the world. You're an award-winning author. When you started out doing this, did you ever think you would reach where you've got or did you set out to be successful? How did it work? I did want to be successful and I think that's predominantly because I don't like to do things by half. So if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it properly. But I guess for me, it took a long time and it took 10 years to get my first book published because I really had no idea what I was doing. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing because I didn't want to tell them that I was trying to get a book published and then perhaps it never happened and looked like a failure. And I didn't know that there were places that you could go for help. And I didn't know that there was a process to follow to get published. So I made every mistake in the book. And I think because I did make those mistakes and it did take me so long to get that first book published, in a way it gave me the confidence to keep going because I knew that there was really nothing more I could do wrong that I hadn't done already. So what sort of mistakes did you actually make? Things like not having the manuscript 100% ready before I sent it out to publishers. Initially, it was really based on a poem that I wrote when I was in grade five about what the animals got up to when I was asleep. And a poem isn't a picture book. No. And it, and I and I needed to learn more about the formatting of a picture book manuscript. I needed to learn about the industry. I needed to learn about the types of publishers that were out there. And, and I learned all that 
by mistake. So success definitely didn't come easy, but because it didn't come easy, I think it gave me the resilience and the tenacity to keep going even over the last 20 years when there have been hard times. How did you land your first publisher? A little bit of luck, a little bit of timing, uh, but mostly just not giving up. So I sent an email. For, I was working in the bank at the time and I even sent it from my from my work email address. Mm-hmm. I sent a, an email to a local publisher just introducing myself and said, I've got this uh, picture book manuscript. Uh, I'd worked on it a lot and would she be interested in seeing it? And it just so happened that that local publisher had an illustrator who had just finished doing a book about Australian animals and was looking for another book to do. And my book was about Australian animals. So she Mm. said, yep, love to have a look at it, sent the manuscript to her, which by now was in a much better state than when I first uh, started. And yeah, it was timing wise, very good that she was looking to do that type of thing. And, and a bit of luck in that it was exactly what she was looking for. So a classic case of right place, right time. Exactly. And getting your foot in the door, especially in the publishing industry, is the hardest. But once you do that, you find that it does become easier after that. Once you can, I guess, prove yourself uh, that you can get a book published and then also the marketing and promotion that comes after it. So when you were just uh, describing how you actually got there, you said, you know, you didn't want to give up. But Mm. I want to ask you this question. Did you ever feel like giving up thinking, you know what, I don't want to give up, but this is just like too hard? I had a big moment of that last year, actually. So I had worked very, very hard to make enough money as an author to leave working in the bank in 2016. And I I started uh, my own company called Share Your Story, where basically I helped other people, uh, especially other mums like me, uh, get their own books out there and get published. And I'd really built it up into a really great profitable business and then when COVID hit everything just stopped all my school visits stopped all my workshops stopped I was meant to go and speak at a conference in Ireland that got cancelled I was meant to be a guest speaker at the Asian Children's um, Literature Awards in Hong Kong that got cancelled I was meant to go back to LA because I have uh, a lot of book published in the US I was meant to go back to all of that got cancelled And I think I had this moment of if it was that easy for everything that I had worked so hard to do just to be taken from me and the the rug pulled out from under my feet, is it worth trying to build it all back up again? And I couldn't write for about three months. I really was quite paralysed creatively. And it wasn't until I started coming out of the fog, I wasn't homeschooling the kids anymore, they went back to school. And there seemed to be a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel that I started realising it was actually a really great opportunity to look at all the stuff I was doing, reassess what was working and what wasn't, and to then diversify so that I wasn't putting all my eggs in one basket. And it gave me the opportunity to try new things without worrying too much about whether it would work or not because I could always blame 2020 if it didn't. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is what we should explain is that your business now has become quite diverse. It's You're Mm. not just an author anymore. You've got the uh, business where you 
you know, train people, I guess, train is train the word or show people how to become um, children's book authors. So you've got that. You do this, the speaking, which you actually spoke about, and you're becoming a screenwriter as well. I had already started thinking about it in 2019 uh, when I was doing workshops for aspiring authors. And basically, I guess training is the right word, but I was very much about giving them the knowledge that they needed so then they could go and do it themselves. So I was mentoring people, but in the headspace that they would outgrow me. So I would give them the information they needed so that they could then go and do it on their own. And a lot of that was local. And then when COVID hit, I really had to look at transitioning to online. And that's when I stopped doing Share Your Story and and started a new business called Authors Online, which is online training programs now. So people from all over the world have signed up. I've got people from America, UK, New Zealand, Australia who are doing that. But it also opened up another area for me again, where all of these conferences that used to be in person in America and I couldn't always attend were online. So I was able to do screenwriting conferences over in Atlanta and going to Zoom calls with producers and pitching to Nickelodeon. And it was just this amazing opportunity that came out of not being able to do face-to-face stuff. So Mm. it really was a big shift for me thinking that I had a very local mindset and I needed to think more globally. And when I did that, then there was all these other opportunities, not just picture books, but I've written chapter books, historical fiction, I'm doing screenwriting, I'm writing plays, I'm doing some ghostwriting. So Mm. it really did broaden what I could do. I think that's very much a success mindset now that I have that I didn't have before. I honestly don't know how you're doing it all because (laughs) you've also got three kids as well, haven't you? Yeah, three boys, yeah. Yeah. And they have no idea what I do. My husband has no idea what I do. He still tells people I write fairy stories for a living. (laughs) And and I think that was one of the things too that I, I never did this for anyone but myself. Uh, I always made sure that whatever I did, especially when I stopped working at the bank and became a full-time author, I still had to support my family. My husband self-employed and basically I became self-employed when I started being a full-time author. So I always had to make decisions that were profitable and sustainable, Mm. but I always did it because it was my thing and I love to do it. And that has been something that's actually helped me get through those tough times as well because I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm doing it for me. Yeah, so now when we spoke earlier we were talking about you publishing your books and you said something very interesting. You said that you don't have one publisher because I asked you who your publisher was. This is this is before the podcast started when I was chatting to you before the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you said, no, 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 I don't, I don't have one publisher. I select what publisher I'm going to go for uh, with whatever book I bring out. I'm just wondering why you would do that. I mean, I'm just, just thinking, wouldn't it just be easier just to be with one publisher? Yeah, absolutely. And I I know a lot of people who are quite happy to stay with one publisher once they've formed a relationship with that person. I guess for me, because I was looking at trying to grow my portfolio quite quickly, and if you stay with the one publisher, you're potentially going to release a book every two to three years, which means that instead of being able to produce 20 books in the last 10 years, potentially I would have produced 
four or five. (laughs) So for me, it was very much about building my portfolio as quickly as I could, using the momentum that I had from learning what I'd learned over the 10 years previously before I was published and making sure that the publishers that I was sending it to were a right match for my books. I tend to write books that are a, a little bit different and diverse and sometimes what one publisher would publish another publisher wouldn't. So I think that's a really important point as well for people who are looking at getting into the publishing industry is do some research on what sort of books a publisher does publish on their portfolio before you send your manuscript to them because you'll reduce your amount of rejection Mm. if you're making sure that the sort of story that you're sending is the type of story that you're looking for. One publisher might focus on quirky books, one publisher might be more um, into educational or one might be more focused on inclusion and diversity. So it's really about finding the right fit for your story. Yeah, I was going to say that because you've published 20 books, that's a bit of a track record. Do publishers come to you now rather than you have to go to them or do you, do you find the negotiation a lot easier now because of you've got that sort of track record? I think it's definitely a lot easier once you've got your first book published and you've got a little bit of a track record. And I actually love having that relationship with publishers and I am multi-published with the same publisher and sometimes the same illustrator as well. So if I strike up a really great relationship with an illustrator in as part of a, a duo within a publishing company, I know um, I work with another illustrator here in Brisbane and we've got our third book together coming out with, with the same publisher. So Every publisher is different, uh, but I, I really enjoy finding those relationships that work really well and they tend to be the books that sell the best as well. But do they come to you? Do they ever come yeah. to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you do get to a level where people know how you work, they know who you are as a person, they know that you're, you're going to deliver on time that you're professional, that you'll go out and do the marketing and promotion required to make the book a success. So, yeah, absolutely, I I do have publishers that I've already published with come to me and say, you know, it's usually always initiated by me saying, look, if you need anything else, I've got a gazillion other manuscripts sitting on my laptop. So (laughs) let me know if you want to work together again. So that's kind of where that comes from. So from when you started out to now, I mean, obviously there's been a huge change in terms of, you know, your success has been ramping up, obviously, as you've been going. Do people in business now treat you a lot differently than they did when you were starting out, do they sort of, is there a different, are you noticing people are going, this is a different sort of person now or whatever, or, or, or what's the story? It's a really great question. I think I've developed relationships within the industry that make it easier. So one of the things that I do tell people when they are starting out in the industry is that your relationships, not only with publishers, but your peers are so important and you need to make sure that you are professional and that you are easy to work with and that you do what you say you're going to do 
And I think because I've built up that relationship with people and they know that they can trust me to deliver on time, they know the type of books that I write and they know me as a person, that sort of relationship has been really great because now I'm getting publishers coming back to me and saying, we'd love to do another book with you as opposed to me always trying to find new publishers for my book. So developing those relationships really does make a big difference. And I think the other part of it is that when you reach a certain level of success, I mean, to me, I'm still not where I want to be. I've I've published all these picture books, but there's so much more that I want to do. And I know that I have people say to me, oh, Michelle, you've done so well and you've done so much. And it's sometimes really hard when you're in it and when you're doing it to look back and think, oh, well, yeah, actually, I have done a lot when there's so much more that you want to do. So it's it's really been finding a balance between acknowledging that I've come a long way and thinking there's so much more left for me to accomplish. And I, I saw this amazing interview with, um, he's a musician and he was in his 80s and they were saying, you know, you're still writing songs after this long you know, aren't you thinking it's time to retire? And he said, well, I haven't written my best song yet. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I haven't written my best book yet. So I'm always trying to keep focusing on writing that book that will be, I guess, my legacy. So most people see you as being successful because of what you've done. Do you see yourself as being successful? Do you think you're successful? I think I have had a level of success, but personally, um, success for me comes from being at a point in my career where I feel that I am showing work that is a true representation of where I'm at. And I, and I still think that I've got a lot to learn. So, and I don't know if I'll ever learn everything or get to a point where I'm thinking that I've nailed it or that I'm I'm successful and in a way I kind of hope I don't because I do like the thought of learning new things and finding new opportunities like for example pivoting into the screenwriting like it's it's learning something new all over again mm. so I think in a way I'm happy with what I've achieved so far but I mean, success is relative. You can look at anybody and, and, and say that they're successful, but if you ask them whether they're successful, it really depends on where they're at personally. So in terms of success, do you see success as financial success or something else? I see success as a work-life balance. So uh, the one of the reasons I don't think that I have reached where I want to be as a level of success is I, I still really don't get to spend as much time with my kids as I would like. And there are still those days where you're sitting at the kitchen table trying to work out how to pay bills and, you know, the, the kids might need, you know, for example, my, my middle boys just needed braces. So it's like, all right, how many contracts do I need <laughs> to, to, to pay for these braces? What do, what do I need to do? Even though I'm in a creative business, I, I, I'm self-employed. I'm, I'm a CEO of my own company. And that's very difficult to balance when you're a mum of three busy kids and and your husband's self-employed as well. So I think it would be having a lovely balance where I don't feel stressed about 
where my next contract's coming from or what I'm going to do professionally to move myself to the next level. I think there's, it's a bit of a seesaw that you want to get to a point where things start getting easier. And I just don't think that I'm, I'm quite there yet. So success for me is where I feel like I have balance in all aspects of my life. So I've got to ask you, what do you think the future holds for you? I'm excited. I think there's some really interesting things coming up for me. The screenwriting is something that really came about because my youngest boy is dyslexic and it really made me think about storytelling in a way that's not just written and and thinking about verbal storytelling and visual storytelling and how do we interact with this next generation of kids who are so super smart and switched on and how do I still engage them in a way that potentially is different to how I engaged with story when I was younger. Working with kids with disabilities, so I'm working with a company at the moment to write a play with um, some kids with alternate abilities and I've been an author in residence at a, a special school where visually impaired kids have written their own picture book and I think that's a really exciting mm. aspect of what I do and I want to do more of that going forward. So there, it, it's really good in a way that I, I don't have a clear roadmap for what's next and I'm really open to whatever the universe throws at me but I'm also really excited that I can see that what I do is starting to make a difference and hopefully I can do more of that. Now Michelle we ask all our guests on this podcast to give us their top three tips for success. What are your top three tips for success? So number three would be passion. So whatever you do, be passionate about it and be so passionate about it that you can't not do it because that's going to help you through those times that are really tough. Okay, number two. Number two would be to have a really broad portfolio of different things that you do. I got stuck because I was just so hyper-focused on doing one thing and I think today you need to have a really good cross-section of different skills Uh, different products and services so build your portfolio and don't be scared to try different things and see what works and see what doesn't okay and coming in at number one number one would be purpose so always know why you're doing something Um, have a really clear vision of why you do what you do who you do it for and when you do that I think all of the unnecessary stuff that could potentially be roadblocks or gatekeepers just tend to fall away. Well, just sitting here talking to you today, Michelle, I can just see how positive you are and I can understand why you have been successful because you do have that enthusiasm definitely for what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I, if, if I wanted to earn money for money's sake, I'd go back to working in the bank, but that's probably not a great thing for me to do at the moment because I wouldn't have a lot of patience <laughs> for that. But I think when you start following your passion, um, it becomes harder to do stuff that's not in line with who you are and what you want to do. And the more that you are in that space, the more positive you are about it because you can see how it makes positive impacts on all areas of your life. All right, Michelle. Well, it's been great talking to you today on the podcast. Now, do you have a web address that people can go and have a look at the books you've written and maybe some of the courses you run and all that sort of stuff? 
Absolutely. So if anyone wants to have a chat or get in contact with me, they can go to michelleworthington.com or if they'd like to have a try of writing their own picture book or need any help uh, building their social media platform, they can go to authorsonline.com.au. Okay, Michelle, thanks for joining us on the podcast today about success one, two, three. Thanks for having me. 